Welcome to our Friday podcast on the Psalms, some simple devotional thoughts. Today we consider Psalm 83. The historical background to this psalm is not clear. What we do know is that God's people Israel were under attack by a confederacy of nations. The psalm begins with a plea to God to take action. In verse 1, O God, do not keep silence. Do not hold your peace or be still, O God. So here is the psalmist petitioning God about the situation. And in the names he addresses God, he is assured that God can meet the difficulty. In the Hebrew, he addresses God first as Elohim and then as El. He is referring to God as being supreme and almighty. That means God can easily deal with the situation. And it is a difficult situation, for the enemy wants to wipe out the nation of Israel. In verses 3 and 4, They lay crafty plans against your people. They consult together against your treasured ones. They say, Come, let us wipe them out as a nation. Let the name of Israel be remembered no more. And it is a whole series of nations involved in this plot. And in verses 6 to 8 they are listed. This is a huge conspiracy against Israel. And then based on God's deliverance of his people in the past, the psalmist pleads with God to do it again in the present. So in verse 9, do to them as you did to Midian. God enabled Gideon to destroy the Midianites. And then in verses 9 and 10, there is mention of the destruction of Sisera and Jabin at the river Kishon. God delivered Israel from them through Deborah. And then in verse 11, there is mention of Oreb and Zeb, two leaders destroyed by the Ephraimites, during Gideon's battle against the Midianites. And finally, in verse 11, mention of Zeba and Zalmunna, the Midianite kings captured and executed by Gideon. C.H. Spurgeon, commenting on these verses, says, Faith delights to light upon precedents and quote them before the Lord. The psalmist trusted that Israel's present foes would meet with the like overthrow from the hand of the Lord. And how fragile and puny before God are the present enemies of Israel. The psalmist uses picture language of a violent storm in verses 12 to 15. And just as a violent storm stirs up dust so it whirls and blows away the chaff, The psalmist is saying, so God, do this to these enemies. In verse 13, O my God, make them like whirling dust, like chaff before the wind. The psalmist knows that before El, almighty God, the enemy is like flimsy, insubstantial chaff. The storm picture language is again seen in verse 15. May you pursue them with your tempest 
and terrify them with your hurricane. The psalmist is pleading with God to chase the enemy down and completely defeat them and put them to flight. In the final verse, verse 18, there is a motive for asking God to do all this. That they may know that you alone, whose name is the Lord, are the Most High over all the earth. When it is heard that God has defeated a combined group of nations, then those who live around Israel will be compelled to acknowledge the greatness of God. It is for his glory. There are some great truths in this psalm for us when we are facing our enemies, be they people, circumstances, temptations or spiritual attacks. Our God, whom we petition at such times, is almighty. He is stronger than our enemies. His dealings with us in the past forbids us to think in the words of John Newton. He'll leave us at last in trouble to sink. And the end result of our petitions will always be to the glory of God. Join me on Monday for Psalm 84.